Back in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at East River 9, it's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. We are at East River 9. Some of our closest friends are out here. Chewy, who is not on speaking terms with Joe George for whatever reason. What's the story there? What's the story? I said I didn't like LSU. Well, you went at him a little then, bit. Well, no, I said I didn't like LSU, and then he came at me a little bit. I don't like guys who wear LSU polos. I tried to say hi. He didn't say hi to me. Uh, no, because I talked to him before, and he goes, I don't want any trouble with Joe George today, no, man. I don't want to be. I, I'm just here to support my boys. I don't want any trouble. I want to be boys with Chewy. We're, we can be friends, Chewy, and I not like LSU. Yeah, but it's, not, it's not an LSU thing. It's a Brian Kelly thing. As soon as Brian Kelly gets fired. Brian Kelly did a good job last year. He really did. He did well, a good he job. Year one taking great, on what they, where they were. this year. Okay, they started that way. One. They started with a loss last year too. I'm aware. I just I hate Brian Kelly, so I'm rooting for his downfall. Is it because he left you? It's exactly he what it me, is. Man. So you, you liked him the when he was there, though. I defended him more than I probably should have. Okay, honestly. so you you're scoring then. That's what it is. Yeah, it would be a little different if you didn't like him at Notre Dame and then you carried over no, that dislike no, 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 no. to LSU. So you're scoring you're scoring love. No yeah, question. of there course. You, you got to get over that. You got to let that one. No, go. No, I don't. You got to let that one go. He's closer to you now than he ever was before. We got some Cougars over there wearing their scarlet red because it is a Friday. You know, you wear your red on a Friday, so it's great to see that. Come on out, East River Nine. Uh, play some play some golf. Hit some golf balls. Look at the downtown skyline. If you don't want to sweat, hang out with us in the bar. Have a bite. Great spot uh, to hang out. I, I do see that Joe did not tell BMAC to play the F- Texans at four song. Yeah, there's something that slipped through the cracks there because it is time for Texans at four. Um, it's football time and heat. Which one do you want? That one sounded a little bit more like the, the country Clay Walker, version. Yeah. yeah, I want the uh, I want the the punk rock version. Can you do that one? To, Can you do to, that one, Joe? Since, no. since you didn't give that one to BMAC. No, I cannot do that. I feel like you should because you, you didn't give nope. it to him. You didn't put it on his radar. Hard pass. I feel like you should have to sing that as your punishment for not no. giving it to BMAC. That's not true. No, you're no fun. You're no fun. Uh, anyways, it's name the Texans will be this good game. How what We've been playing this last few days. Uh, we did the scoring defense on Monday. Joe has them top 23. We did the scoring offense Tuesday. I got them at top 27. Passing yards Wednesday. Joe got top 25. Rushing yards yesterday. I got top 25. Blankers have just been sleeping for these 15 minutes each and every day. No, just strategically playing my playing my, my gut feelings and thoughts. I was kidding. Uh, draft position is today. This was much easier last year than this year because last year the Texans had their draft pick. This year they don't have their draft pick. So are we going where the Texans draft pick lands, which is, of course, owned by the Cleveland Browns, or are we going with the Cleveland Browns pick? No. I think we should go the Texans pick that they – I mean, agree. The, yes. te- the Texans pick. They don't own it, but I feel like we should be t- we should be discussing the Texans pick. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Okay. All right. Yep. And we're counting down from the backside? Or do you want to start at one? No, I think we need to go the other way. Okay, that's fine. I need. I think we need to go the other way. All right, so let's see who has uh, first order here. Uh, Joe pulled a 62. Blankers pulled a 63. I pulled a 61. All right, so <laughs> Joel's first, Joe's second, I'm third. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that the Texans are going to win – Oh, no, draft I mean, position. the draft position. Sorry, <laughs> the draft. Well, I mean, I can factor it in with wins. I think because I think they're they're not going to win as many games as others do. I like how you played that off. I there. think that's that, well done. I think that uh, I'm going to say the Texans pick is going to fall to number four. Well, I'm out. <laughs> you started at four. You started I at four. He's not messing around. Nope. Yeah, I'm out. 
Man. We have six minutes to kill here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you started right at four? Like, I, 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 I was going to start at 12 if I had the first. Okay, so he went four? Yeah. I'll go three. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not done yet because I may. I may. Because I've said all along, I, that's why I dreaded this, this whole black cloud we talk about with this trade. Because as much as I like what they're doing and I do see progress, I don't think they're there yet. I don't know that there are many other teams in the NFL that stack up with where they currently sit with roster and everything that they're going through with a rookie quarterback and a new coach and all that. I, I man, I know I'm going to tick off a whole lot of people here. But you know what? You can have it. Oh, I'm shocked. I was playing some poker I there. I was so close. I was playing poker. I thought for sure you were going to go up to number two. I, I, I really think because I really do. I've said all then why along. why didn't you do it? Because I just, at the, <laughs> I could see them with as weak, of their schedule, as weak as their schedule is. I could see them squeaking out Great! a couple of weeks. Better late than never. Yeah, 1984 says the Cardinals are on the pick on the Browns, you idiot. Touche, you're right. It is. <laughs> it's a great point that you had there, 194. You're absolutely I mean, correct. Well, we can do it again. We can do another one. Where do you think the Browns pick is going to land? Hold on. So you're going to go. So I got him at number three. You got him at number three. Let's mark this down. So Joe, Joe ends up with two. I end up with three. So if it lands within the top three, I win, right? So if it lands second, I win. Yes. I win yep. this bet. Yep. Yep. So Blankers didn't pick anything. So Blankers got shut out of our game. I won last this year. Good. That's true. Now, do you want to do another one with the Browns pick? Because I think there's a lot of discrepancy in that. I don't really know. I Joe just got done gushing about their their entire roster. I just I he I hate them. Their no, he loves is, their roster. He thinks they're loaded. But I think Deshaun sucks. Yeah, he said that they're not going to be good. I think that they will pick 14th. The Browns. The Texans pick will be 14 from the Browns. Yeah. Um. See, I think the Browns, I'm actually higher on the Browns than than most. I think the Browns are going to flirt with the playoffs. I think they're going to fall just short, but I think they might win like nine games. I think they could very easily go nine and eight, miss the playoffs by a game or tiebreak or something like that. So that probably puts them around, let's see, 14 teams in the playoffs. Between 18 or so. I bet you, what did you say? 14. Yeah, I'll go 15. I'll go 15 on the Browns. I, I, I just think because I don't believe in Deshaun. Uh, I think 10. Oh, you think it'll be a top think, 10 pick? I think it'll be a top 10 pick. I'll be right at 10, but Man. I think it'll be a top 10 pick. That would be great. I, I, just, I, I, I think that's that's at least saving saving grace if, if you may, if you did make that trade and couldn't you'd get them to take Cleveland's pick. Uh, I, I, I don't believe in Deshaun Watson. I, I think there's a lot on the line for that team because of how much they've invested in him. I think heads are going to roll if, it, if they don't play well. His obviously can't because of all the money they're paying him. But I could easily see that team. Picking at around nine or ten. So, like, if the if the Texans pick at twelve, or giving it to the Texans at nine or ten, or if, yeah, if the Texans pick at ten from the Cleveland, and let's say I, I, they, the Texans' original pick would have been twelve. So the Texans pick at ten, the Cardinals pick at twelve. How do you feel about that trade? So the Tex- if the Texans finish at twelve, they're probably that's probably an eight win team. That's like seven eight wins. Yeah, it's right around there. Um, I feel pretty good. I guess. I feel yeah. pretty good. I, I, I'm not going to – like, those to me are two different conversations. They are, for sure. Like, we're, like it, does it make you feel better ultimately? Yes. But, like, Cleveland's result and where their draft pick lands that you do own versus where does your pick 
land that the Arizona Cardinals own, to me, are two different conversations. Like, if if the Cleveland Browns stink and they finish with the you know third worst record in the NFL and you have the third pick, that's great. That's outstanding. But if you have the worst record in the NFL, that one still stings. That's the, and it stings just as bad. Yeah. I, I think you almost like you need the Texans to be competitive close to 500. I think it's going to be tough, too. Yeah. Very I, tough. But I, I, I think that's seven wins. That's for them to validate making the trade. I don't feel they good about that. validate making the trade if the team yeah. hovers in and around 500. But other than that, if they fall short, especially if they fall way short, that's a massive red flag and, against Nick Casario. And that's the point of like with the where the Cleveland Browns pick lands too that you own. Like that that pick does nothing in terms of the like validating the Will Anderson trade. Yeah. It does nothing in terms Correct. of that trade. Does it like make you feel better? Is it a little fortuitous? Are you a little lucky? Were you a little smart trading your pick versus the Cleveland pick? That was never on the table though. Like Arizona wasn't gonna take the Cleveland pick. It had to have been the Texans pick. That was never on the table. So I can't even get Casario credit if that's the way it works out. It's more lucky, more fortuitous than anything else. Well it can go the other way too. Like what if Joel's right? And the, and the and the Texans have the, the, the fourth pick in the draft or they would have had the fourth pick. Yeah. But what if Deshaun Watson's good? What if you yeah, what if you end up with the thirty second pick in the first round? Yeah. Because I mean, they won the Super Bowl. A little like, hyperbolic, but I see what you're saying. Like it's just like it, it it can go to that extreme too, where like you could have what would have been a top five pick you've now lost in the first yeah. round you have is at the end of the first round you completely lost value in in the draft. The chances next of year. getting like a, a mainstay starter. It's it's way lower. That's way, why way down. But that's why I look at both of those picks like in different compartments. Yeah. Because you're right, one swings your feelings or whatever, but it doesn't swing the trade uh, in any way. Now, look, I hope the te- if the Texans are picking outside of the top ten, like I feel much different about that trade than I do if they're picking in the top five. Obviously, that's just that's just obvious. I personally don't think the Texans are going to finish. Their Texans draft pick will finish in the top three. I'm probably more like in the five to seven range. Quite frankly, I was playing a little bit of poker and Blankers called my bluff. But maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll be right. I mean, when I, when I look at do you really you really think there was no scenario at all where the Cleveland pick was on the table? No, I don't think Arizona would have done that. But isn't it a problem if we find out that Nick never offered it to at least? Yeah. Th- I mean, like you we're yeah, talking about but negotiations I, yes. and, and playing poker. You got to yeah. start with that pick. The, the answer to the question is yes. I firmly believe he tried, though. Like I, I, I hope you're right. I believe that he tried, and we probably will never find out. But I think that Arizona was hell bent on if we're going to make this trade. If, I, if I'm trading you three for 12, 33, next year's first, a third-round sweetener, it has to be your pick. I, I, think that, I think that was made very clear very early. I, I have serious doubts. I, I, I doubt that, and it starts with I don't know. that I want to I at least know he offered it. And, yeah, and you're right. We, we just, may never find out. I think but it's I just sure common sense. Hope so. I think it's common sense. The problem is, is that when we find out, because I think we will find out once he's fired. Like, it's like when Bill O'Brien got fired, all those juicy details came out. So be, yeah. Like, that's where it's like, if he didn't offer it, that will get reported. Like, someone will be like, part of the reason why Nick Casario got fired is because he never even tried to use the Cleveland pick to move up to three. Yeah, if that if that were the case and I was Cal McNair, he would have been fired after the draft, quite frankly. He should have been fired think, in the room. I really don't think Cal McNair was that dialed in. I think he was super excited, like, he got Will Anderson, he got C.J. Stroud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, uh, yeah, the main thing for Cal was he was dialed in that he, if you believe some of the reports that already came out, that he, he was adamant that they, he wanted a quarterback in this draft. If that is the case, I think that he didn't care what they gave up as long as he got what he wanted. 
713-780-ESPN. Where do you think the Houston Texans draft pick that is owned by Arizona, as 1984 so wisely points out, where do you think that will end up? What's the script for the Texans, too? We know that the NFL scripts all of this before the start of the year. What is the script for the Texans? Where do we have the Texans finishing and wins? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Doc Linville's office because Doc Linville is making changes in people's lives for the better by the Neograph procedure. The Neograph procedure, if you don't know what it is, it's giving your own hair back. You might be losing your hair in front. You might be losing it kind of on top in the back. But either way, you think that your only options are to shave it off or to go with the cover-up and go with the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem. You don't have to worry about any of that if you know what the Neograph procedure is and you check out Doc Linville in his office because the Neograph takes hair where you're never going to lose it. Genetically, it's always going to be on the sides in the back of your head. He moves some of it to where you need it most. He makes that uh, eight head back into a forehead or he gets that baboon's butt off of the back of your head and he gets you a full head of hair. That's the kind of stuff they can do at Doc Linville's office. And as a listener to ESPN 97.5, you get a free consultation with Doc and his staff. It only costs 150 bucks. No obligation, no cash out of pocket, no signing and agreeing that you're going to do this or do that. You just go in, ask questions, get answers, and then see if it's right for you. It was right for me. It was right for Granado. It might be right for you, too. But you don't know unless you try. You don't try unless you go to the consultation. Go to 975hair.com right now. Sign up for that consultation. You'll get to talk to the best staff, in my opinion, in Houston at the Neograph Procedure. Maybe they'll make a difference in your life, too. Check them out today. Go to 975hair.com. ESPN 975.com. Take his pork chop. I don't want his pork chop. I want his life. Now return you to the Killer Bees, live in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at East River Nine. Here are the Bees' knees, nuts, Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Spencer's excited because it's football season. He started to work a little bit more with some more of these rejoins. Spencer's trying to get a little too cute. No, I, I like I like the uh, I like the ones I've heard today for the most part. Dude, that still looks like he's waiting for a comeback of the Jackson's Victory Tour. I mean, he's still got the. Kind of the 80s fro and that Jermaine Jackson look to him. And, is that and, racist? And then, and then he's taking shots at us. No. Is it? I just seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Was hand racism there? He was hander. Oh, you're trying to do that because everybody calls you a racist. That's not why, but Joe, you're right. They do. Joe, Joe's going at he's going at Joe the other day by using my what what up H town. I don't think like, he's going at me. No, I, I said he used you being out with beard to yeah. Come on, man. Uh, who said it coming up at 530? The voice of the Astros, Todd Callis. Maybe he'll come out to East River 9 and have a drink with us since he's not working tonight. That's it's right. an Apple, Apple TV, TV broadcast. But Todd Callis will be joining us uh, in 10 minutes. Let's go through these quickly here, Blankers. Let's go one at a time. I don't want to go, hey, the Texans are going to do this in week one. The Texans are going to do this in week one. Okay. Just look, pull up the Houston Texans schedule and hit me with some winners. Go week one, win, loss, let's rapid fire. What is the script for the Houston Texans in 2023. Let's see where we land. Let's see how many wins we land on right. for the Houston Texans. We'll go age before beauty again. Joe George Rocket. All right. Loss. Win versus the Colts. Loss. Loss. Win versus the Falcons. Really loss. Fast. You're going way too fast. I couldn't even count. Okay. Can you just get, at least say the opponent? Yeah. Can we go like win at Baltimore? Lose at whatever. Okay. You said go fast. Hey, you're, you're right. I did. That was my fault. I thought you were smarter than that. All right. They're going to lose versus Baltimore. They're going to lose versus the Colts. Okay. No, sorry, they're going to beat the Colts. They're going to lose week three versus Jacksonville. At Jacksonville. They're going to lose week four versus the Steelers at home. They're going to beat the Atlanta Falcons in week five. 
They're going to lose week six versus the Saints, bye week, week seven. I, think I like their chances. They're going to win week eight versus the Panthers. They're going to win week nine versus the Buccaneers. They're going to lose week 10 versus the Bengals. They'll win week 12. 11. Uh, week 11 versus the Cardinals. Yep, my bad. They'll lose week 12 versus the Jags. They're going to lose weeks 13, 14, 15, and 16. And they'll win their last two games of the season versus the Titans and Colts. And that's seven wins. So you have them at 7 and 10. 7 and 10. Okay. The Colts, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Buccaneers. The Cardinals, the Titans, and the Colts. Seven and t- that ain't half bad. You can get in your predictions too, leader. Seven one or listener seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You want to go, Blankers? You want me to go? You can go either way. All right. You wanna, you I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just go around the horn. Right, go ahead. Lose at Baltimore. Win against the Colts. Lose at Jacksonville. Lose home against Pittsburgh. Lose at Atlanta. Lose home for the Saints. Lose at Carolina. Win home versus Tampa. Lose at Cincy. Win home versus Arizona, lose home against Jacksonville, lose home against Denver, lose at the Jets, lose at the Titans, lose home for Cleveland, win home Tennessee, win at Indy. Five Finish wins. the season with two wins like Joe has it. I have the Texans going 5-12. and 12. Okay. So I've got loss, loss at Baltimore. I also have win at home versus the Colts. Lose at Jacksonville, lose versus Pittsburgh. Lose at Atlanta, lose against the Saints at home, lose at Carolina, beat Tampa Bay, lose to Cincinnati, lose to Arizona, lose to Jacksonville at home, lose to Denver at home, lose to the lost to the Jets in New York. They're going to really put up a game, and they're going to win at Tennessee because that's the game I believe that Tennessee is wearing the <laughs> the Oilers unis. There's going to be a little extra juice on the t- I think they're going to win that game. They're going to lose against the Browns. They're going to lose home to Tennessee. And they're going to beat the Colts in the last game of the regular season at Indy. So I got you at four. I had five. So you said Arizona lost, but I saw you counted on your finger. So did you have Arizona winning it? Win at win against Ari- Arizona? They lose or they they beat Arizona. Okay, I'm you, sorry. Yeah, you yeah. said lose, okay. but I saw yeah, you yeah. counted on right, your hand. Right, right, okay, right. so yeah. you have them at uh, what was that? Four? So that was should that be was, four. So four. Yep. So Joel Joel has them at four. I have them at five. And then Joe, the the ever optimistic producer, the killer. I don't know. I just honestly, I think you guys have like both way overvalued Carolina. Like I, I just, I don't. We we had this discussion about, about the wide game. receiver room. Mm-hmm. Like I think there is a real lack of talent. I think there's a reason why the Philadelphia Eagles let Miles Sanders just walk away for nothing. Like I like I, they have some pieces on defense for sure. Yeah, but like I just I don't believe in the Carolina Panthers at all, and like that's one of the big ones. And then also, Atlanta. I'm with you. On, I'm with you on the Carolina. Like I don't think Carolina's roster is great, but are they relative to the Texans? They are. I just think the Texans will be better. Yeah. See, I and then I, I think Atlanta Bryce is going to be a little one. bit more polished, and they're at home. Yeah. And uh, then Atlanta was the other one. I, think I don't think Atlanta's difference. half bad. Like Atlanta's I think. I mean, Bijan helps decent. them. I mean, they got a, they got a great young. Great looking young tight end. They got a dynamic, great looking running back. Yeah, I, I think London at wide receiver and Bijan are really good. Yeah, that but defense like, was pretty good last year too. Like that's a lousy know, division, but they were sure. in the playoff Pitts, race. Pitts, London. And, I'm not a Pitts and, guy. I think we've overhyped him so much. I think it's I think it's scheme. I, I don't think he's great. That's that's probably Bill. fair. With like, like with Smith, maybe like it's not him. It's the scheme. Like they never give him the ball. Like, yeah, it's frustrating because I think he's a better player than his production. Like if you score in that game. 
you can win because it means Desmond Ritter has to actually do something, and he can't. I agree with that. I just, that's why but I, I think that they still have more talent than I just, the Texans. I agree. They, like, I they think have they some firepower. Like, uh, that defense is pretty good, and they have firepower offensively. For sure. And it's in Atlanta. Well, actually, that game's at home. It's the, at Carolina is the one that uh, they're on the road. So but that's the difference between your and mine. Ours is the same, Jeremy, except for Falcons and Carolina. Yeah, so you – and look, those aren't, those aren't great divisions, right? No, it is at Atlanta. Both of those games are on the road. Yeah. So, look, that factors in. Like, if we're saying that the Texans are equal to Carolina, they're equal to Atlanta, well, then Atlanta gets the home field advantage. So, like, that to me is what broke the tie. Like, if those games were at home, I flip them. I, I, I would have the Texans beating Carolina at home. I would have the Texans beating Atlanta at home. They're and we know Atlanta on the cheats. road. I think they pump in noise to their stadium. Obviously, they're gonna they're huh. gonna they're gonna boost the hell out of that Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud matchup, assuming that they both play. Uh, and I think that that'll give them again. I think there's a lot to be said about getting a little extra juice in some of these games. Like that's why I said I think for some strange reason, but I, it's not that strange. I think that the team at least realizes, and it will be emphasized, going into Tennessee and beating them wearing Oilers uniforms would be so sweet. I think that. This whole organization, this whole team, this whole locker room, this coaching staff is going to want CJ to outperform Bryce Young and make the statement, we got the right guy. My, my only problem with the Oilers thing, like typically I would agree with you, but the only person that's going to walk into the locker room and make it seem like a big deal is Cal McNair. And Cal McNair giving If Cal a, McNair is walking into the locker room, we have I bigger problems on our hands. I just don't think D'Amico – I just don't – honestly, I don't think a lot of these people really care about the I don't either. Stuff. I think I, – I don't think the players in the locker room do. Yeah. I think we overrate no, it. And I think ownership does. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, absolutely Cal's does. the only one that's going to be like, Hannah, let's, let's do it for, for my family. Rock they all roll. don't like it. I, I just think that – look, coaches from week to week look for their, co- their coach speak, looking for something that can, you know – be something that you can put a little post-it note on. See, I think it's an issue, attention. though. Like, if, you're, if your team needs to be motivated by the other team wearing Oiler jerseys. I think they're going to be looking. They're going to be. They're going to need to be motivated at, at times. So, we'll see. 713-780-3776. Voice of the Astros, Todd Callis, joins us next on the HRNP guest line. Killer Bees broadcasting live from East River 9 on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Look, we saw some football yesterday. Going to see a lot of it tomorrow. Going to see more of it on Sunday. And if you're looking to play some of this, uh, get in on some action, well, the place to do it is BetUSA.com. They're my favorite sports book. They're my favorite casino. Football is back, and that means it's time to lay down your bets. I only endorse Bet usa.com only endorse one sportsbook and casino why you ask well bet us is celebrating its 30th year of sports betting service and they have a special offer just for you 30 risk-free bets that's right 30 risk-free bets it's called bet protect if that isn't enough for you, well, BetUS will offer the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. They're giving you free money. You heard me. The industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. There's even more. BetUS.com offers a massive 200% crypto sign-up bonus and a 250% casino bonus. The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can take it another level at BetUS.com with live in-game betting. Do not wait. Take advantage of their 30th year offer up to 30 risk-free bets. Get Bet Protect. Get started today by visiting betus.com or give them a call at 1 800 MyBetUS. That's 1 800 692 3887 to learn all about their bonuses and special offers. 1 800 MyBetUS, betus.com, Sportsbook and Casino, where the game begins. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail.
the northern bank of Buffalo Bayou. You'll find the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at East River 9 and its current occupants, the Killer Bees. Here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Let's go straight out to the HRMP guest line, being joined by the voice of the Houston Astros, Todd Callis. Todd, thanks for spending a few minutes of your Friday talking to us. How about that series in Arlington, huh? That had to be a lot of fun to call after you got the whole you know, situation figured out after Blummer got sick. But a lot of runs to call, a lot of home runs. Had to be fun. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, the first day was crazy, and it kept getting better from there. 16 home runs. In a three-game series, you'll probably never see that happen again. That was unreal. So, uh, a huge series. Obviously, the Astros needed the win. The Rangers were in a big spot there, too. So, for them to sweep that series and pound the Rangers like they did, that was uh, a nice little silver boot kick, and they had that over the weekend. (laughs) Well, TK, when you look at it, and you were the first to say to us, look, Michael Brantley can be Michael Brantley, and he's been one of the best hitters in the American League for an extended period of time. And, boy, were you right, because he's looked like he hasn't missed a beat since he got back in the lineup. And as good as the, the bullpen has been over the last couple of years, we know that all the struggles with the starting pitching because of injuries. But when you look at it, it seems to, to me that the calling card of this team very well could be this offensive lineup. And if they are healthy with the depth that they have and the ability to kill you in so many ways, it could be the fact that this offense is what carries them and dictates how far they go in the playoffs. Yeah, they have really made a push. They they weren't one of the top offensive teams in the first half of the season, but the second half they're right up there with Atlanta, I believe, and run scored, and maybe a couple of other teams. But uh, you're right, this team is starting to get to that point where where their offense is probably going to carry them. The, the pitching has been solid, uh, but it hasn't been like it was last year, and they, they could outscore you. I mean, obviously they put up huge numbers against the Rangers. Uh, they put up uh, big numbers against the Red Sox, uh, Tigers. So, yeah. It's a team that's playing well on the road. They just need to carry that mojo over to Minute Maid Park over the weekend against San Diego because uh, they score a bunch of runs when they're away from home, but they got to figure out how to, how to get those runs at home as well. Todd Callis joining us on the HRNP guest line, and that's the darnest thing, right, about this Astros team. And it's hard to put a finger on it. You know, there's the latest thing where, you know, the batter's eye, is that an issue? Uh, there's been theories while well, all these guys are married. Like some of our texters have brought that up. I know Dana talking on a different radio station says, you know, maybe the, they, they feed off the booze of being on the road, things like that. I think personally it's coincidental, but this is a hard thing to put your finger on. No, it is. And you go back to 17, the first World Series year, and they didn't really play that well at home that year either. They played much better on the road. Um, it's hard to figure out. And you can say batter's eye, but then the other team has to hit with the same issue. So it's just hard to figure out that they have a negative run differential at home. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And they still have a few weeks to get it figured out. Um, doesn't make any sense that they lost the 2019 World Series either by losing every game at home. So <laughs> things happen like that. I, I don't have an explanation for it. The team is so good away from home, though. That's the crazy part. If this team was, you know, borderline 500 on the road, then you, you, you wouldn't be saying the same thing. But they are dominating on the road, plus 100 and something run differential, and they have a negative run differential at home. It, it just belies any explanation that I can come up with. Todd, normally, if you looked at the schedule at the start of the year, this would be a big series regardless because of the firepower that the Padres have. But when you look at how disappointing their season has been, 
What are, what are your expectations for what you're going to see in terms of a team that the Astros are playing this weekend in the Padres? Because to me, it, it just seems like they could go one of two ways. They maybe they you know the veterans and some guys still feel like they have something to prove, and they want to prove if they beat a team like the Astros that you know it still could salvage some respect for their season. But to me, it could go the other way too. When these guys know there's nothing left to play for, you know, it, you would ho- you could see a, a scenario where. You know, it's not the same Padres team, just like we we thought that they would be a lot different team at the start of the year. Yeah, it's, it, that's the team to me that's the hardest to figure out in all of baseball. And I, I don't know why they're nine games under five hundred. They should be uh, a playoff team. There's no doubt about it. They have the, the talent to be there. They have the manager to be there. Bob Melvin's an, an incredible manager. Uh, it just hasn't worked out. And I don't, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it could go one of two ways. They could have a nothing-to-lose attitude going into this weekend. Because they really, even if they they, you know, have an incredible finish and go eighteen and four the rest of the way, that's probably not going to be enough to get them in the postseason. So uh, they're going to be playing for themselves and, and trying to put up their own numbers. Uh, you just hope that, that that they aren't a team that that is going to find it this weekend. I, I think Blake Snell is going to be a tough opponent tonight. He's he one of the best in the game and is, has barely allowed any hits in his innings pitch this year. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a series that could be dangerous. I think you'll learn early on where the Padres' mindset is, and hopefully the Astros can take the first one tonight and help set the tone for the weekend. Todd, you kind of run out of things to say about Jose Altuve. And after the series he had against Texas and the five home runs and a stretch of six at-bats, the stretch of four home runs and four at-bats, it's amazing. And then you start to have the conversations of where does he stack up in Astros lore? Where does he stack up in Houston lore? Where does he stack up amongst the greatest uh, second baseman of all time? How can you kind of compartmentalize both of those things where you're still in the moment calling Jose Altuve right now, but then also appreciate and understand that you're calling the, the games of a living legend? Yeah, I mean, for him to do what he's done in the span of a month, you know, to get the cycle to 2,000 hits and then the four home runs and four innings, which has never been done in Major League history, that's kind of crazy. But it is. It's hard to really put yourself 30,000 feet up and look down at what he's doing in the present when, you, when you're calling the game. Uh, he never ceases to amaze me. He comes up big in the biggest moments. Uh, his numbers in the postseason are about as good as you can you can find. So I, I'm really excited to see what he does this postseason because he's, he's having an incredible run since he's come off the I.L. Um, but, yeah, it, it's one of those things, you're right, when you're in the middle of it, you maybe don't appreciate it as much as when you sit back and say, wow, that was incredible what he's done. I think we're all going to say that about his career and hopefully Jordan Alvarez's career, Alex Bregman's and other guys. Uh, but Altuve is just amazing, one of the best all-time in second base for sure. Todd, we look at the bullpen, and we know that Montero struggled early, and a lot of people were critical of him with the contract and the years and all that goes with it, whether fairly or unfairly. That kind of went with the fact that when he didn't you know, be on top, he wasn't on top of his game early, people were highly critical. He seems to have pitched better and better as the season has gone on. Now we call it the circle of dust, where you look at the, the final four guys in the back end of that bullpen. Has he firmly and securely put himself kind of fourth in line now behind uh, the Presley and Abreu and Naris as a guy that Dusty already trusted in the past, but now that he's pitching the way he's pitching, he's kind of right there, sixth inning-ish? I think for Dusty, it would probably be like either 4 or 4A. You, you mentioned those other three. They're definitely the top three. Neris, Abreu, Presley, that's the order he goes in when he has a lead. But I think between Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero, those guys are probably uh, the next guys after those three that Dusty has the most faith in. So 
I think you're going to see Montero pitch a lot with leads now. That wasn't necessarily something that Dusty was comfortable with in the middle of the season when he was struggling. Uh, but he has earned his trust. And it's unfortunate Stanek got hurt the other day because he was starting to pitch better. Maton's obviously a guy that Dusty uses earlier in the game, fifth and sixth inning. Uh, but when he gets seven, eight, nine, uh, if it's not Naris, Abreu, and Presley, I would say Montero and Graven are probably equal in Dusty's mind. Todd, a fun matchup tonight as this three-game series gets underway. I'm excited to see how Hunter Brown, you know, the Phenom rookie, looks up looks against uh, the betting favorite to win the Cy Young in the National League in Blake Snell. Should, should be a fun pitching matchup with the potential of Hunter Brown and then how great Blake Snell has been in 2023. Yeah, Blake's been incredible. Um, like I said earlier, he hardly allows any hits. He's a guy that's really tough to square the ball up against. Uh, he's found his niche in San Diego after pitching for a couple of other teams. So, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be tough tonight. There's no doubt. I think Hunter was disappointed with his outing last time around. It's been kind of hot and cold for Hunter lately, and hopefully he gets on a run heading into the postseason. I still think there's probably at least one spot, if not two, available in that postseason playoff rotation. So Hunter wants to try and solidify that if he can pitch well down the stretch, and it's going to be a good start to the series if they can beat Blake Snell. That really bodes well for the rest of the weekend. Todd, with what we saw of Christian Javier, based on what we saw recently where people were really worried and there was questions about would he be in the playoff rotation, where does he fit within this pitching staff, it seemed like with the exception of of how it all ended and how he finished, that that was a different Christian Javier than we've seen over the last month plus. If he comes out and has another start like that, does that start to kind of calm everybody's fears and, and, and settle everybody down to thinking Christian Javier can still get back to being who he was a year ago. Yeah, I think so. I think you need at least two in a row, and I think maybe even three out of four for them to get to that point where they feel like Javier's year where he was last year. Um, you're just looking for that consistency at this point, and unfortunately there's not a lot of time with three and a half weeks to go, but if you see Javier pitch well this weekend and then he gets another good one, one of his next two starts, then I think all of a sudden you're feeling better about Christian Javier in 2023. He's got, he's still the same guy. I mean, he's, he got more of that swing and miss with the fastball the other day, and he uses breaking ball a lot more. I, I still think it's in there somewhere, hopefully, uh, that we see Christian Javier maybe not as good as he was in 22 because it's hard to repeat a, a no-hitter at Yankee Stadium than a no-hitter uh, with relief help both times in the World Series as well. But uh, he's got the talent. He needs to be that three-starter. They need him to be the three-starter in the playoffs, and hopefully – uh, things go well for him in his next couple starts. TK, uh, we know that uh, you love what you do. It, it carries on to the air. We can tell how much passion you have for it. We can also tell how much work you put into it, all the preparation that you do. That's evident as well. How do you treat an off night like tonight? Oh, I'm just chilling out. I've got uh, my wife and I are going to go down and, and enjoy a nice dinner and hang out and uh, just relax. We're going to have, you know, I'll DVR the game because. Obviously, we haven't seen the Padres all year long, so I want to get as much Padre information as possible. I'll probably DVR it, uh, you know, and, and look back at some of their old games as well, just to hear some of the, the Padres commentators since tonight's on Apple TV. So we'll we'll have dinner, and I'll come back and get a little work done getting ready for the series. But we're just relaxing and having a nice dinner together, which we don't get to do on a Friday night very often. Well, make sure you get Blummer some meds, too, because we can't <laughs> wait to get him out. <laughs> yeah. Well, have, enjoy your night off. We always appreciate listening to you and Blummer. We think you're the best in the business. But enjoy the night off, but hopefully the Astros do us all a favor, get a big W, and take care of business this weekend. 
Yeah, let's hope so. Big W tonight would be good against a very good pitcher. And, yeah, I think Blummer's doing better. Hopefully he'll be back uh, with us on tomorrow's broadcast. Appreciate it. Todd Callis joining us on the HRP guest line. Chat with him next week. Astros Padres kicking off three-game series a little bit later. All right, we saw the latest reasoning of, or excuse, I should say, and it's laughable, uh, why the Astros are struggling at home. That darn batter's eye in center field. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. One of the things you need to, to do a week from tomorrow, a lot of fun things to do around the city of Houston. We know that. There's a lot of fun activities, many things you're doing for entertainment. You know, TK just talked about he's going to have a very nice dinner. There's many options in Houston where you can do that. But a week from tomorrow, you need to be at TDECU Stadium. You need to be watching the Houston Cougars and the defending national or the defending runner-up of the national championship, the TCU Horn Frogs at TDECU Stadium. The U of H Big 12 home opener football season, as we know, is here in that Big 12 home opener a week from tomorrow, September 16th at 7 p.m. The way you can do it, buy a Cougar Paul package. It includes three games. You can select TCU as one of those three games, and the package is only $66. does not include the Texas game. Get your tickets right now, 713-GO-COUGS, uhcougars.com slash tickets. We are going to give away some tickets a little bit later, so make sure you don't go anywhere. Come early and enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, including the huge LED TV screen, the Bud Light Backyard, the Coke Van Zone, uh, food trucks and more. Spirit of Houston performing at the half. Cheerleaders, Cougar Dolls, Shasta and, Sash- and Sasha with plenty of entertainment as well. And DJ Yobi Yobes in the student section. It's Houston. It's TCU. Last year's national championship runner-up, the U of H Big 12 home opener next Saturday night. Get your tickets now. 713-GO-COUGS. UHCougars.com slash tickets. Don't miss all the fun and pageantry of college football. Come early, be loud, and wear red. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Now with more nougat. You're not cooking. Pork chop sandwiches. Back in the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at East River 9, it's the Killer Bees, Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. We are at East River 9. Great spot to have a bite of dinner. This food's unbelievable. That that, uh, spicy chicken sandwich. Great. Full bar. You can hang out, watch your sports. They'll have all the uh, sports that you need here tonight, this weekend as well. Also a great spot to play a little bit of golf. Place a great spot for a little bit of pickleball. Great spot to practice your, your golf game, too. they got a full driving range, lights. Fantastic, fantastic spot. Um, did you see the latest reason of why the Houston Astros might be struggling at home? We've heard a lot of theories here, Blankers. We've heard, uh, well, they're married. Maybe that's an issue at home. MTV Jess, the uh, the wife of J.P. France, you know, he threw out the baby, the, the fact that they have a newborn baby at home and crying and doing all that stuff was a, was a bit of an issue. Well, today Chandler Rome in The Athletic talked about the batter's eye, the batter's eye being an issue. He says multiple players inside Houston's clubhouse described the batter's eye as one possible reason for their struggles at home this season. He says at least two Astros agreed the team has had some trouble seeing the baseball at home. One player said it's like night and day. And, of course, Chaz McCormick has a quote in a Chandler Rome piece. He says, I think the ball, I think I see the ball all right there, says Chaz, who boasts a 948 OPS at home, 854 clip on the road. There are times where I'm like, whoa, I didn't see that one, but I hear some guys talk about that. It's kind of hard to see, but I don't know. Blankers, this is silly. We're talking about the batter's eye. Look, I I agree. Like, we play baseball. It is important to be able to pick up the baseball. It's important to be able to see it out of the pitcher's hand. That absolutely matters. 
But the Astros aren't the only team that's hitting at home. Both teams are hitting at Minute Maid Park. Both teams have the batter's eye in center field. This is a lousy excuse. So it's the groundskeeper's, the groundskeeper's fault. The batter's eye is not up to the groundskeeper. Yes, because the ground, it's, it's, it's like ivy. It, it, the batter's eye is that Astros logo that's, that's carved out of the ivy that they put in, in dead center field. I mean, that's what I'm telling you, how laughable this it's is. Laughable. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous and such a stretch that we're grasping at straws and saying things like this instead of just actually getting down to the brass tacks that sometimes it just happens that way. And we've talked about it with individual players. We talked about it with teams. We talked about, you know, the home versus the roads and how things can go. It's not because of this, that, or the other thing. It's just one of those years. It's not because they don't have enough fans in the stands or like the Rockets because, you know, they, don't, they show up late and they leave early. It's all a bunch – it's just some – everybody's looking for something to kind of grasp onto right now so that there's more, even more to talk about with the Astros. There's plenty to talk about right now with what this team has been able to, you know, survive, persevere through, and now they're thriving late in the season. They're healthy, and they're putting up crooked numbers all over the place. They just absolutely obliterated your, your in-state, quote-unquote, rivals in the Rangers. I think it's much to do about nothing in terms of the batters. The Astros have been a lesser team at home, just one game above 500. The offensive numbers have not been good at home. That is that is true. But a couple of uh, a couple of other numbers of why this theory to me does not have any weight. Well, okay, if the Astros are struggling at home because of the batter's eye, which it is important to pick up a pitch, I understand that. But if that were to be true, the other team would also be struggling, right? right? The Astros pitchers have a higher ERA in home games than road games. If the batter's eye was so difficult to pick up the baseball, if these hitters were struggling so much with the batter's eye in center field, wouldn't the Astros have better numbers at home than they did on the road? Yeah. Why don't they? Because this is silly. How about last year? I don't know the like the intricacies of Minute Maid Park to the extent of how the batter's eye looked last year versus this year, but they haven't changed anything, right? right. The last time the batter's eye changed was whenever they got rid of Towels Hill. They threw in a few of the restaurants. They threw in the seat, but it was the same last year. That's the when same they did that year. whole greenery and they got and rid of Towels. I don't remember they, when they got rid of Towels Hill. It was like maybe it might have been seventeen. But right it's after, been a while. Yeah, right after they did that, that's when they put the the, the IV out there and they carved the the Astros star and H out of it. You're several right. years. No one's bitched about it for years. Several years. Several years. You know what the Astros did last year at home versus on the road? Last year they had a 779 OPS at home. Their OPS away was 7 and 11. They were 7-11. They had a better OPS at home last year than on the road. So you're telling me that a team that hit better at home last year versus the road, you're telling me a pitching staff that has struggled more at home than on the road, but still somehow your hitters only are struggling in 2023 because of the batter's eye. I've seen some excuses, Blankers, and I'm not saying this is all the players here because like the only person oh. that was quoted in, this cha- in the Chandler Rome piece was – you guessed it, Chaz McCormick, and Chaz McCormick actually has better home numbers than he has road numbers. But using the batter's eye as an excuse, I find to be flat-out silliness. Yeah, because to me, I don't think the team needs to make an excuse for anything. The team has, has done enough and, and, and should have validated everything about their roster, their talent, their abilities, and where they sit by just doing what they've done for this entire season. And, and, and that's why it's so much more of an accomplishment when you think about all the injuries they've overcome, when you think about where they were as opposed to where they are now sitting in first place. I think this is the media making and looking for and grasping for straws on stories so that they have more to talk about with this team. And in this case, 
I don't think they should be talking about it. I think that, you know what, this team knows, just like Bregman said a, a week or so ago, it's go time. Every game. We, we're not going to try and win, you know, this many games or trying to, get, you know, catch this team. We're trying to win every game. And, and it's hyper important down the stretch with the dogfight you're in with these other two teams that you just handle your business. If you handle your business, none of this matters at all. King of H, this is all BS. It's a weird trend. Some people not too fond of Chandler Rome in the Twitch. Look, I think it's bizarre that they haven't been as good at home, but it's both sides of the ball. Like, they haven't hit as well as home. They haven't pitched as well at home. Like, does the pitcher's eye need to be reevaluated? I'm kidding. I'm kidding with that. And they were a better offense last year in 2022 at home than they were on the road. Uh, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're right. You're grasping at straws. And the reason, and I understand why people are grasping at straws, is because there's no rhyme or reason. So when there's no rhyme or reason, you're trying to find a reason, but this one of the reasons you're trying to find is is a myth am i not am i right in saying that mccullers did i've referred to this before but there was one year where he mccullers was so good at, at on the road but he couldn't pitch well at home and then he's the kind very, of went back to back yeah but. and then the very next year it was the exact opposite these things in baseball happen we know quirky things in baseball happen that sometimes you just can't explain it's part of the game and you're playing 162 games, and if you really want to delve down, has anybody broke down the schedule too and how many games were early in the season when you were struggling more than later now? Because they've been hot on the road lately since the All-Star break. They had a, a, a substantial, in my opinion, I look th- just thinking back roughly, it seems like they played a lot of games on the road, a lot of you know city-to-city trips where they were taking care of business. I don't know. I don't know that I'm sitting there laying awake at night trying to figure out why they can't win more games at home because what, I, what I'm trying to figure out is can they sustain this offensive powerhouse that they've created by getting healthy, bringing Brantley back, and having depth now for the first time all season? What would you figure out there? That they can. <laughs> 5874. 5874 says, I heard they have better sunflower seeds on the roads. That's why they hit better. Look, I can believe that more you than the batters, I think. I love the seeds that I have. I'm you not like the talk dill pickle that, ones or the barbecue? No, I like the smokehouse barbecue is my favorite. Okay. Smokehouse barbecue and the original are the only two that I'll buy. Uh, seven, all the other flavors, uh, nah. 713 Why do the Astros stink at home? Batter's eye, silly reason when the pitchers are worse at home and they were better offensively last year at home than on the road. Sunflower seeds is funny. Uh, text line now taking some shots at Chandler Rome. Most toxic person in the clubhouse is Chandler Rome. Dude needs to find something to do. I think he and Chaz hang out. Uh, 2787, they struggle at home because they press. It's all mental. Joe loves Chandler Rome, so I feel bad talking about Rome here a little bit. Um, look, I don't think there's a real reason of why they struggled home. I think it's entirely coincidental. Like, do they feed off the road energy? Like, I can believe that. I, I believe, I believe that. that more than the batter's eye. And I'm not diminishing the batter's eye. Like, that is important for a hitter to, like, be able to pick up the baseball. But it works both ways. Like, if you're struggling with it, the other team should also be struggling with it. It's why the pitchers that have pitched worse at home than on the road, like, it defeats the whole purpose of this argument. It it, it debunks the entire argument. It discredits the entire argument. I've heard it before. In the NBA, it was always guys that said it's tougher to play at home, especially if it's your hometown because of the fact that there's so many more ticket requests, so many people that have your number, so many more that you know distractions with the wife and the kids and the issues and the things that you go through when you're at home. Okay, I can get that, especially if you're from a city. But not everybody on this roster is from Houston. The, the, the majority, if not any of it, are from Houston. The bottom line is this isn't about things like that. It's about the fact that quirky things happen in baseball, and, and I really believe that this is a, a non-issue. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Why are the Astros struggling at home? Killer Bees broadcasting live at East River Nine. Special guest for you on the other side. You remember this name from Texas football? You might remember it from Jersey Village fighting Falcon 
at Jersey Village. Selvin Young joins us next ahead of Texas and Alabama coming up this weekend. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, another message for my friends at MyBookie. That's right, football season upon us. Big one that we're about to talk about in college football. Also got a full slate of NFL games coming off the game last night. Well, maybe you've got a favorite team and you want to make that game even more emotional and interesting for you. Well, you go to MyBookie.ag. Maybe you have no interest in a majority of the games, but you want to make those those games more interesting too because you're going to be watching them whether out with your buddies or maybe at home with the nfl sunday ticket you want to watch the games and make them more interesting you go to mybookie.ag and why do i tell you to do that because they take care of you all the time they love to take care of their customers been in business for over a decade so they're not going to try and take your money and then wrap up shop they're going to make sure that you're happy and you come back for more and hopefully you can actually capitalize and make some money but the fact is you can get a sign up bonus right now if you've never been on mybookie.ag before that means you put in the promo code bet975 and whenever you put at least 50 bucks into your account, you're going to get a play bonus for being a first-time sign-up. That's going to be a little extra in your account, more money in your account, more games to bet on, and more chances to win. If you've been a MyBookie customer in the past and you're coming on back, do the same thing. Put in the code, get the extra cash, more games to play, more chances to win. And it's not just about football either, baseball down the stretch, and all the different games that you can bet on, including UFC, soccer, and so much more. Check them out today and, and, and make sure you use that promo code. I always tell you this, bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with the only place I tell you to do it, mybookie.ag, promo code BET975. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. I'd be most worried about seeing my seminal vesicles. I like the Florida State seminal vesicles. 